TNT Talk. Well, looky here. If it's not King Cobbler himself, I'm Gunther. You don't know that, but you'll find out later on Talking Dead. And we're going to remedy this here situation. No, no, you've, you've already taken all of my, my soldiers. That's enough, that's enough, please. King Cobbler, you can drop the act. You're not a king. And you're going to come back to Negan, and we're going to take half of your cobbler. Half, I tell you. No, no, please, please, not the cobbler. Not the cobbler. Yeah, we're going to take it. So we're going to head that way. Half, half. King, dude, what's going on? Oh, 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 Jerry, this, this Gunther says he's going to take half of our cobbler. Half, dude. I'll show you half. Jerry splits Gunther in half. Oh, Jerry, you saved the day. But don't call me King Cobbler anymore. I'm not a king. You don't have to call me that. Dude. Yes, I do. But, but why, Jerry? I'm not really a king. Dude, because you're such a cool dude. All right. Well, there's our uh, new TNT improvisational theater for this week. Uh, a few new characters. Uh, uh, podcast co-host tonight what do, you, what do you think did you recognize some of those voices i recognize that was very funny <laughs> well good <laughs> we, we aim to please here at tnt improvisational theater for sure so um did you get the um some of the references with the cobbler is that is this is this king ezekiel we're talking about who's this king cobbler <laughs> i don't know crazy huh so crazy if you don't recognize the, the voice uh, here with me tonight, we have a guest co-host, Melissa. Tamish couldn't be with us tonight. She'll be back, and we miss her, but we're going to have a lot of fun tonight with Melissa. She's one of our um, longtime listeners, and she always has great feedback. So we're going to go through our usual segments, and, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, intimidated because Melissa, she always has great commentary, and she's sounds a lot smarter than me. So, I, you know, not to set you up, Melissa, but I'm just saying <laughs> she, she has really good stuff to share. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your feedback. But say hey to everybody, Melissa. Well, hello. I, um, I'm i flattered that you said that, but I felt like I had a hard time coming up with three questions. And I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm any smarter at all. I don't have any smarts at all. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you have lots of opinions and lots of good opinions. And I, you know, opinions I have. I have trouble coming up with a question sometimes too. But then when we get here on the podcast, we just get rolling with with questions. It just um, it never seems to be an issue after that. So yes, just to remind everyone, our format is to ask each other three questions that we've come up with on our own. We don't know each other's questions, and um, so our our partner will answer, and then we will answer for ourselves and see if we agree or not. Um, Tamisha and I don't have a great history of agreeing, so it'll be interesting how it falls out uh, tonight with Melissa. We'll we'll sort of compare notes, and then we will talk about our most explosive moment, and then we will rate the episode based on one to five sticks of dynamite. But the, we always start out with the living news that we have, and I just want to remind folks that um, Irony Singleton. Um, who played T-Dog on The Walking Dead, definitely a fan favorite. We still have our link pinned up at the top of our Twitter page with our interview with Irony, and he has a lot to share about his um, Kickstarter campaign for Blindsided by The Walking Dead. And it sounds like a really neat program that he's trying to get back on the road and reach more people. So check that out, get the link, and um, look at his campaign and, and, you know, see if that's something you'd like to support because um, he's, he's a really motivational guy, and um, so we just wanted to remind you that that's coming to a close pretty soon. I think maybe the 18th. Um, don't quote me on that, but, um, you know, we want to check it out be before too long, before that ends. And next we'll go with our blowback. Now, that's our version of feedback on the podcast, people's comments, questions, whatever uh, they want to contribute so we have a couple things um, tonight. Um, Jay, 
you may uh, know Jay from so many shows. He had um, three points that he wanted to make, Melissa. Let's see. Number one, Jay says, I'm going to miss Shiva. What a way to go out. No mm-hmm. argument there. Um, and feel free to jump in if you have something to say about Jay's opinions. Number two, Ezekiel returns stronger than ever. Hmm. Interesting. I hope so. I'm hopeful about that. But I, I have a feeling we're going to get more into that. As I have a thought about that. Or, but well, maybe I should wait and see if it's a question. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. Or, yeah. If, yeah. If not, maybe we can return to it. Yes, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> number three, he says that was the worst car chase in history. I, I don't know a lot about car chases. I've never been in a car chase. What do you think, Melissa? Was it a good car chase, bad car chase? I did not think anything bad about it when I first saw it. I listened to another podcast that seems to be very negative towards the recent seasons of this show. Yeah. And they thought it was um, very, um, like, it had been done before and also, like, the out of the 80s, like, something out of, um, I don't know. Oh, like, Indiana Jones, I think some folks refer Something like that. But I, and my thought was just that, so those guns, if you saw at the very beginning of the show and they panned around at the bodies and there was like yeah. an arm that had been completely severed yeah. from a body, supposedly yeah. that same gun, right? I think so. I'm assuming that that's yeah. what that was and yet it didn't take out the Jeep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or kill either Daryl or Rick, which seemed like they were all in the line. I mean, it killed everyone in the whole field except for Ezekiel being buried underneath and somehow Jerry escaped. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty much the rest of them. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, and, and this often is the case with me, I wonder, did I miss something? Because they did keep saying the guns, plural. But then, yeah, they did pan to that one big, and, you know, I'm not an expert, so I don't even remember the name, like a browning or something, was, and that's that's one of my, you know, curiosities, was that the thing the guy was maneuvering in the back of, of the Savior's Jeep, or was that a different gun? Because you're right, whatever they were using up in that building was extremely powerful, and it would be hard to believe that Rick and Daryl would survive that. My only thought is maybe, since they kept saying guns, plural, Maybe he was not using that same thing, but I don't know. I do not know. So maybe they had more than one. Maybe they left one mounted in the truck the whole time. Yeah. I tried to watch. I, I watched it again this morning, and I tried to watch to see, and it really looked like they, they had more than one box that they were carrying. You saw them carrying it when Carol yeah. mowed them down. There was two boxes, and they were both closed up, and it looked like they loaded those in, and I didn't see any thing that looked like a mounted gun when they did it, but it was kind of a hard angle to tell for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah it would be also hard for them to get the bo- get the thing back out of the box, put it back together, and mount it in, in, in a moving vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, this is where Tamisha and I usually say, what do you guys think? Let us know. So... <laughs> We're, uh, we're we're not sure, but we, yeah, we have some questions about that too, Jay. Um, and then Tamish has a friend named Jan that wanted to ask us um, why did Gunther not just go ahead and cut Ezekiel's head off, or you know, just take him out? And I I think I have an answer for that, but why don't you go ahead, Melissa? Tell me what you have to say. Well, okay, so this was said in a previous episode that, and 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 he repeated it that. Um, Negan has said he he wants Rick, the widow, and and the king. He doesn't want anyone to kill them. Right. Yeah. Okay. And and so I believe that that he was going to bring him to bring the king to to Negan alive if possible. Yes. And then he got ready to kill him. Uh-huh. And he and he was gonna do it. And 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 um, Ezekiel looked like he was resigned to having his head cut off. He had yeah. Ezekiel's blade there, ready to do it. And that was when Jerry came up. Yeah. yeah. So I think he just hesitated a couple of seconds too long, not realizing that mm-hmm. there was anyone else that was gonna stop him. Right. Yes, I, I agree on all accounts. I think 
that that was the idea of killing him was just a last ditch effort when he didn't think he could get them both over the fence and get him back to Negan. But, but Jan, yes, I think the plan all along um, was, you know, shared that, that he wanted them alive and um, to be taken to Negan. But yeah, I think he would have gone that route had um, Jerry not come in and uh, taken care of business, as we say. So Jerry, the hero. All right. So um, we also have a poll going on Twitter while we're recording to find out. We just a simple question. We're just asking, um, who's your favorite, the widow, the king, or Rick? And let me check in and see what we have so far. So far, um, the king is in the lead at 50%. So... Interesting. Sympathy vote. What's that? Sympathy vote. Yes, there you go. That's it. I'm like, wow, they're really coming out with the king. There you go. That could be it. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to jump into our three questions each. And, Melissa, since you're guesting tonight, I'm going to give you the option of whether you want to go first or not. Share your first question or you want me to go first. I will go first because I'm not sure what will happen if we have a duplicate question. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> that way if I go first, then I have more choices. All right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right. So um, over all these episodes, we've been kind of trying to guess or understand what exactly the plan is because obviously they have a plan and we don't really totally understand it. So specifically with regard to these big guns. Yes. What do you think that the plan is? Is it just that they just want to get the, get a hold of them so that they couldn't be used against them? Or do they have some specific spectacular thing that they're going to do with them? My understanding, at least what I'm going with, is that Rick's group wants to get the guns as a, I guess, a defensive measure to keep them from the savior so they can't go in and save and rescue the saviors and Negan at the sanctuary. If they get, you know, all of their guns and all of their power um, that way, then, you know, how are they going to rescue their counterparts? Um, I don't, you know, at this point, I wonder, are the saviors inside the sanctuary? I imagine they still have their walkie-talkies and so forth, so they probably are letting the others know, hey, you got to come help us, um, you know, come rescue us. But yet at the same time, Ezekiel told Gunther, you know, you can't, we can't get in there. It's surrounded. He didn't seem to know. Um, so I, I, I feel like I know what Rick and them are trying to do. They're trying to keep them from rescuing them. I'm not so sure how much knowledge the outpost saviors have of what's going on at the sanctuary. So that's my long answer. <laughs> hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I really would like to understand Rick's plan better. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe there's some specific thing he wants to do with these guns, but I don't know what. It, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. It's a good question because I just kept thinking he wants to keep them from the from you know get them out of the savior's hands. But you, yeah, I do have to wonder if there's something beyond that. And that's where I wonder if I was a comic book reader if I might have more information. So um, I don't know. Well, obviously they're they're going to be a, an asset to whoever whichever side oh, gets yeah. them. Absolutely. So. All right. So my first question for you, Melissa, um, what's Ezekiel's role going to be? You think after all of this, he's obviously shaken, um, but you know Jerry's still. He doesn't seem maybe he doesn't know everything yet, but it seems like he's still going to want to see him as his leader. So is Ezekiel still going to be a leader, but not a king? Is he going to drop the accent? Just in general, kind of what do you what do you think is going to be his role after this? Well, you know, I thought about that a lot, and um, I I feel like it's gonna there's gonna have to be some kind of a change, but I don't think that he's going to completely just give up I think that he was um I mean he as soon as he realized that the walkers you know his followers were turning into walkers and and going to be something that could put him at jeopardy and he immediately Mm -hmm. 
started trying to get a, get away, and he definitely wanted to live, and yeah. he, you know, pretty much, I mean, there was a time when he almost gave up, it looked like, but he managed to get back, and he walked back even with the limp. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's going to be hard because all those people seeing him come in and 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 all their loved ones didn't make it back. Yeah. You know, and and also losing um, Shiva, that's a big thing, mm-hmm. you know. But I think, you know, he's a very upbeat, positive person. He's a glass half full or three quarters full, maybe, person. Yeah. And and he he sees that they need a leader, and look what he's done with this community. Mm-hmm. And. So I think that he's going to have to continue to lead in some way, whether it'll be exactly the same. Maybe he'll he'll um, kind of, you know, just sort of moderate the uh-huh. Shakespearean bit a little and yeah. kind of not be so, you know, so much of a, a comic book character, but I think he'll still be a leader. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. What do you think? I'm kind of along the same um, train of thought. Like, at first I thought, well, he'll drop the accent. He may not go by king, but he will go by, you know, go as a leader. But then I started to think only Carol and Jerry know anything. Um, everyone else is gone. And Carol already knew his secret. And and by secret, I, I don't consider it a, a bad thing, you know. It's just she knows the, the you know, what's going on behind the accent. But... Um, so I wondered if with the, with the, just the two of them knowing what's going on, he could potentially keep up that act. And again, I don't say act is a negative thing, but it seems to work for those people. Like it seems functional for that group. So even though at first I thought he'll just be a leader and drop the accent and not be a king, I'm like, well, maybe he won't. Maybe if he talks it through with Carol and Jerry and they're the only ones that really know, then maybe he would keep up that persona since it does seem to work for that group. Um, yeah, kind of, I wonder if they're, obviously they're going to be disappointed that they lost so many people um, and their loved ones. I mean, it's just tragic. But then if, if on top of that they find out that who they put their trust in, you know, was misleading them, um, and again, that's not even the right term, but you know, that could just be like a second sort of punch in the gut. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm real anxious to see, because like I said, at first I just thought, yeah, definitely he's going to just be a leader, but not in that way. But then I thought, man, he was really good at that. And that really helped a lot of people. And I think he showed in this episode that he really wanted to, to be brave and he was willing to put himself out there. He was willing to die. You know, so so maybe even though it's an act, maybe it really is a good thing. So that's a long answer to say I don't know. I guess, <laughs> but well, he didn't ask them. They they jumped right on top of him. A whole bunch of them exactly was exactly. clearly trying to save him. Yes, yes, yeah, and that, and that's kind of what I, I'm thinking about. That you know, yeah, definitely. So good point. So we'll see. So what do you have well, and, oh, well, I was just going to say that, I mean, hopefully they'll obliterate Negan and the Saviors, but there'll still be other threats. We know that always keeps happening. Right. And it is going to be, society will be different in this new world than it would have been, than it is here now in our world. And so I guess it's hard to know what kind of a leader would be. Mm-hmm. The kind that, you know, that would be the right, but partly able to motivate people to go to battle when needed. Yeah. Because there's a threat and it, there's a reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't think that, I mean, it, to me, the them getting duped or whatever, them having that big machine gun or whatever it was, that, that had nothing to do with, Ezekiel, you know, playing this role of a king. It's not like that got them killed. It's, you know, the saviors did it. They, you know, had the information somehow and, you know, they took them out. It was, it, so 
I don't feel like we can blame what happened on him, you know, having that persona. So if it works, why not keep it? So I think we're kind of on, on the same train of thought there. So what do you mm-hmm. have for number, your number two? Um, well, I, my number two was, one of my number twos was going to be a similar question about Ezekiel, so I'll go with my backup. Um, so I was looking at Carol's face when she was listening to Ezekiel's speech, you know, and several times she's had this kind of look on her face. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was trying to, understand what we were supposed to take from that because it, I thought it was kind of an ambiguous look. Mm-hmm. So what do you think she was thinking? You know, I I think she, maybe she was just trying to really figure him out, like just to really see if this persona, you know, this role that he's playing is really just a role. Um, I mean, I believe she thinks he's a good person, but I, I think she's just been trying to figure out what what he's really all about like is he really brave is he really a hero he's obviously a kind person and a you know a good person but does this guy really have what it takes is he really a hero is he really someone i'm going to back and i think when she made that i think all those looks were kind of her just trying to really figure him out and then when she had the opportunity to follow you know to try to get the guns or to save him and jerry and she made that choice I think after all those looks, she realized this is a this is a brave, heroic person who I need to save. And you know, that's my thoughts. What about you? Um. <laughs> yes, but I also think like at the end of the last episode when she said we have to clear the compound, it was mm-hmm. kind of like she was saying, you know. You're you're too excited and you're not seeing the practical stuff. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, I, a little bit, and I wonder if she was worried about that. Um, now the flashback to the, if I have my timeline right, uh-huh. the speech that they showed at the very beginning of the episode was, of course, before they set out before everything we saw even last episode, right? Because then at the very end they were they they were set upon with the you know, they the, Yeah. Yeah, they went back even further, yeah, before before they set out on this mission. Yeah. Right. So so she's known this whole time about the zookeeper thing. Right. And the um and the the thing that he's saying, I I will become, I'm ready to do this. Like he hasn't done nearly the kinds of things that Rick has done as yeah. the leader of the mm-hmm. you know group and taking the risks and really having the training. Of course, partly Rick has that training as a law enforcement officer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you know um, Ezekiel wouldn't have had. Right. You know, so I don't know. Um, I think she's, I think you're right. She didn't not like him as a person or not value him. I think she's trying to understand what is he able to, you know, how, how, what's he able to do in these situations? How, how like, like what's this guy really made of kind of? Maybe. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a good way to say it. Yeah. But I do yeah. Know, and I, I I do like what you said about her talking about sweeping the compound, that, yeah, this guy's got the bravado, he's, he is being a hero, he is motivating these people, but she wasn't quite sure if he had all the, maybe all the tactical skills, you know, that she still had to help in that in that way, you know. But I think in the, I think he did, as far as what he's made of, he, he may still have stuff to learn, but as far as what he's made of, um, I think she did realize yeah he he's he's got the goods you know he's brave he can be a hero but, mm-hmm. so that's a good question i like that all right did you have something else i didn't mean to cut you off no no that's good but i'm always wondering um about people's motivations and and what they're thinking yeah. if they don't verbalize i like i always want to know mm-hmm. 
I think that that's what makes this story so engaging because you're trying to figure out what motivates them, but then you also turn it on yourself and think, what would I do? You know, I know I do that a lot. What would I do in that situation? You know, mm-hmm. that really keeps you invested in the story. Um, okay, so who do you think, sadly, they've lost all of these soldiers from the kingdom. Who's going to fill those spots um, at the kingdom? Do you think there's going to be any shift? Are people going to move around? Do you think they're just going to save those spots, um, lodging and stuff for, for new people? Who do you think might end up there? Well, I think it's hard to tell because um, we didn't really know any of them. And and, and yeah. even, like, Jerry, do we even know, like, does he have a family? Do we know anything about his, like, personal yeah, that's life? Good question. Yeah. That's a good question. So, I mean, a lo- the people that we saw getting ready to leave, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was interesting, the woman that got the, 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 the kid gave her the flowers and she stuck it in her armband, yeah, and she was the mom, but yet she was the soldier, and the dad was staying home. Yeah, kind of. So there's there's families there, and and lots of them are still, you know, now going to be a single parent, but they're still going to be the family and the kids. Right. And I mean, there's more kids there than any of the other places we've seen, really. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I think that. There's a ton of work to do in this new world with no electricity and no, you know, I mean, they've got, I guess they've got some generators and stuff, though. I always wonder where they get the gasoline. And you'd yeah. think that that would eventually, I mean, you know, we have a, a a tornado or a hurricane or something comes here and the refineries, and they immediately raise their, their prices based on yep. the supply and demand because the refineries have then hit and have to cease functioning for a little while. Well, how long before, if there's no refineries running, how long before you have no gasoline? Seems like it wouldn't be very long. But they always seem to have enough gasoline, so I don't know how that works. But um, Well, I don't know a lot about solar power, but they've got those solar panels working at Alexandria. But Right. I always like to Driving a Jeep, I can tell you that Jeep does not run on solar. <laughs> we used to have a Jeep, and I know that that they're not electricity, they're not solar, they're you know, um, not those old Wranglers. Um, they will go anywhere, and probably even with a big bullet in the in the radiator, but still, um, <laughs> gasoline pretty important. So, um, so we got work to be done. Yeah, and I and I don't know where anyone everyone's gonna settle out. Um, I would think maybe, yeah, maybe there will be some moving around. I, I think they have to, um, sort of kind of take stock of what, how it all falls out and what is the end. Are they going to really have no threat left or will there still be some straggling? Will they still be people that they'll need defending kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. And I think all of them, all of the groups will have to figure that out after this whole thing's over. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure we know exactly yet how that's going to look because they don't know. You know, there's one group that's got a bunch of, of prisoners. Exactly. Which probably they don't have places to keep prisoners even. I mean, that was one thing I was thinking was that you got to put them somewhere where they are secure. Tie them up with rope and leave a bunch of them together. They can untie themselves pretty quickly if they mm-hmm. are resourceful. Exactly. And you can't keep them tied up forever. You eventually have to decide something. You can't, yeah. you know. So I don't know it's what the plan is. For solution. You're right. Yeah. Like right. What you said about the families left behind because that that's a good point. That like say these people at the kingdom have like apartments or something per family. So. That family is still there. They're, they're, you know, a spouse maybe gone or, a, you know, a brother, but the family is still, you know, going to be housed in that unit. As far as resources like food and things, that will open up some. But I, I think you also brought up how all the different communities, assuming, like we said, assuming <laughs> that we can wipe out Negan's, um, you know, uh, empire or whatever, then they really are going to have to all work together and account for the different resources at the different communities and they might have to shift 
some people over. And I was thinking about the prisoners too, um, you know, because even though you have to keep them secure, but you also have to feed them if you're going to keep them alive. So, you know, where do they have the food available? And, you know, they, they, they all pulled together to fight Negan, but we haven't seen them really pull together yet as far as um, resources and how to, you know, operate most efficiently and most effectively with what they have. So I think there is going to be a lot of reconfiguration. Um, but, yeah, I think we, we both thought about the maybe the, they might need some space for some of these prisoners. But you brought some really good points about how to keep them contained. Because, like, unless, unless I mean, even if they totally surrender and say, we didn't want to be with Megan, we never did, you know, we want to be with you guys, you still can't trust them. And we know there's at least one, Jared, that clearly likes, being with Negan, so I, you know, I don't trust him to change. So that's a real dilemma because Morgan has that. Remember, Morgan built the prison down um, that jail cell, but that's one cell, and that's a lot of people. So, I'm right, <laughs> for sure. So, all right. So I think it's your turn for number three. Okay. Well, um. I kind of paid attention to how, um, you know, we've been hearing little bits of the perspective of how how the saviors see this. Like, you know, that guy mm-hmm. Gunther, he's the guy with the big glasses. That was his name, Gunther. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he, you know, they obviously know the names of. Well, they don't know the maybe the widow's name. That's interesting. They don't call her Maggie. Yeah. Because they said her name. At least the ones that were at. The main compound, they said the hilltop stands with Maggie when yes. Gregory showed his right. face. Uh-huh. So, but it may be that the the group didn't know her name before that. They just knew that she was the widow of the of the guy that Megan killed. Uh huh. Right, and that was where they right. came up with widow. That's why they're calling yeah. her that. Yeah. Um, because she's not the only widow. Some other people are obviously widows, but. And maybe even widows of people that, but he killed her directly. He killed Glenn directly. It wasn't a just a battle, you know, whatever right, somebody died right. kind of thing. So anyway, um, they were kind of hearing little bits of how the saviors and how Negan's group portrays and Morales came in with some stuff like that too. And next week, I don't know if you watched the scenes, the little bit of what's going to happen next week. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So we know that there, there's we're going to see the the group that's in the the, the big the you know the big compound, whatever you call that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, are you interested in hearing the perspective of the saviors and getting any insight as to why they followed Negan? Or do you just want to have them all wiped out and you don't care what their reasoning is? You just figure they need to be wiped out. Um, I'm chuckling because Tamish would think she'd have me all figured out with this this question. <laughs> um, she's like, Tracy would keep them all. She'd just give them all a chance. <laughs> and she's kind of right. <laughs> I, I do want to know their stories because it, it would help me understand you know, whether to keep them. Or not. Um, I, I'm not all about wiping them all out because, from what the knowledge I have so far, it's clear that that all the people at the sanctuary are not all about Negan. You know, they're living off of these points and things. So certainly, those people, you know, I I, I don't feel like they need to go. Um, but I, you know, I would like to know their stories. And then all these people at the outpost—they're not necessarily all gung ho about being part of me. Maybe it's just literally a survival technique. Like it almost sounded like Morales didn't have any other choice. No one else came to his aid. Um, They rescued him. He took the opportunity. So, I mean, I do, like you were talking about motivations earlier. I I think that would be very interesting to find out. And I think it would help me understand the story better as far as, I think we're going to need to hear some of that in order to know what Maggie and, you know, the kingdom and the decisions they make about these people. I don't think, I don't want to just go off of, oh, they said yes, keep them. Oh, they said no. I, I want to feel like I understand part of their decision making. So, um, but yeah, there's there's some that are uh, pretty much obvious that they, you know, really do stand with Negan. So those those would, would make me really nervous. Um, 
One that's interesting is Gavin. He he's following the rules and doing what Negan says, but he ne- he seems like he still has a bit of compassion or heart, or he does. I feel like he doesn't want to do the things he's doing. He I feel like he's one of those that's more in that survival mode. So, but yeah, I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I want to hear their their stories and find out more because I thought like we probably got a lot of several different groups of people with different motivations for being with Negan. I mean, I just think ton of them don't have a choice. They're just, you know, they can't get away. Like that one guy that tried to leave and Dwight went after him. Um, you can't just leave. So, what well, you know, so what do you think? Do you want to hear those? Well, I always want to know backstories and I want to know, you know, listening to um, Negan talking to Father Gabriel, there was two. There's two things. There's the clips that they showed at the end, and then there's a scene mm-hmm. that's a little bit of of Negan and Father Gabriel in the trailer. Yeah. Did you watch that on the website? I watched that this morning. Uh, no, I only saw what was aired on television. I haven't watched yet on the website, so I may have missed that. Well, it just sounds like Negan is going to tell. Father Gabriel, just a little bit about his life and some things about, you know. Oh. And I don't know. I mean, you just hear a, a sentence, and I don't know if I should even say it because people don't always want spoilers. So I guess oh, if no. you want to go. Well, but it's on the website that it wasn't aired on the television. It wasn't part of the. It's a sneak. It's part of a scene. So we know we're going to see them, but we already knew that from that this thing at the end. But um, yeah. there's a little just more interaction of them talking, and and Megan says some things that made me go, wait, wait, tell me more. <laughs> like I want to know more about why, because he's an interesting character. He's so charismatic and so confident. Um. I mean, like, I was surprised in the first episode of the season that he just came right out, you know, and then he laughs. And he's like, I was in a meeting, you know. You you interrupted me. Like, not, you know, oh, no, my goose is cooked now. Look at this, you know. Right, right. He, he just seemed kind of like, and, and it was like they could have shot him dead right there. And mm-hmm. and he's just laughing and, 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 you know, Lucille would not have saved him. But he, you know, if he, from a gun, you know, they're across the way with a gun, he couldn't have got to them and beat him up with it, with his bat in the time right. it would have taken them to shoot him down. Right. And and so he he is a true leader, obviously, and inspires something in these people following him. Yeah, it's functional. And, and I think that's interesting, and I guess I just wonder, like, what was he... What did he do before? What was he like before? What what led him to become this person? Right. Yeah. I. I yeah. I am anxious to see how that plays out on on TV because I've heard on the show because I've heard some things about how it in the comics. I guess there's a a book, a separate book. Here's Negan, and I've heard some things about what's in that story. But from what I've heard, I'm hoping that doesn't translate directly to the show if they. If they um, do go that, if they do go into his backstory on the show, um, I'd like it to be something different, maybe that nobody has has heard before. But right. yeah, I feel like they have to. I feel like they have to tell his his backstory in in some way, shape, or form. Um, you just you got to go there and find out. Yeah. Well, I'm interested for sure. Yeah. But I also wonder, I know, well, like, for example, I was listening to um, stuff about the, the, the show Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and the, the people that created that have a very collaborative way of doing things, and when they would get a certain actor in a certain role, then the character would morph to a certain extent based on the way the actor wanted to portray it and stuff. Oh, I don't, okay. Mean and um like like Sean Astin's character uh-huh. um was actually going to die in episode four and okay. I, I should say I'm saying spoilers well anyway he didn't die in episode four um yeah, so there's <laughs> not a spoiler but um 
there he he made a case for his character not having this same thing happened to him that they originally were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Based on the early bit of acting, you know, in the early episodes. And so um, I don't know if the Walking Dead people do that too, but you can see getting somebody like Jeffrey Dean Morgan in that role, then it, it informs the writers and the creators kind of a little bit about the character and maybe changes the direction somewhat. Yeah. Well, they definitely changed the Carol story from the comics, and I think she fought for those changes and for Carol to have this journey, you know. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time. So yeah, I, I think I think the show's at a really exciting point for us just to learn a lot of new stuff and just, just move forward in new directions. And you know, keep, I think what's going on now is going to keep the show exciting because, like like you were talking about, we're going to have to you know, figure out how to work in this new world, if, you know, if we can get past this war and and survive. And yeah, I just think it, it creates a lot of new opportunities for for interesting content. So I guess yeah. time will tell. We're halfway to um, the halfway point. We're quarter of the Right, point. I was going to say, we're only halfway to the halfway, not halfway, halfway to the... To the halfway. Yeah. Right. Okay. But it goes so fast. You know, I, I had to stop and think about that today. I was like, okay, you need to think about what we've had so far. We've had four episodes. We're halfway through through to the half. and But before you know it, I just know it. Before you know it, we're going to be at the end of the season. And we're going to be like, oh, we've got to wait again in so long for it to come back. And, uh, you know, it just – you get this momentum, or at least I do, with the show. And you get going, episode three, episode four, episode five. And you're like, whoa, we're almost halfway there. Let's slow back a little bit, you know. So I guess I. What is the schedule? Do you know what? Um, I don't know for sure. I I, I would I'd have to think it was going to be like like usual, like end. Um, well, we'll have the eight. So that will that be like mid December, and then they come back maybe in February. So we have yeah, that's my guess. But yeah, I don't I don't know anything official, unless it's posted somewhere we could find out. But um, I know that that. It, that it's certainly that wait between the two halves is not as bad as you know waiting for the whole season to come back, but it it, it will depend how it where it ends at episode eight. It might be really hard wait if it's a big cliffhanger. So, <laughs> or maybe they're going to do the. I keep hearing that there's a possibility of a of a time jump. Oh yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would be an interesting time. If that, I wonder if that would occur at that time. Yeah, that's, I'll just, I just think there's a lot of good excitement building. All right, so my third question um, is also a kind of is also about backstory. Do you think we need any more Ezekiel backstory? Because I, I listened to some other podcasts as well and um, heard about folks being were kind of hoping that they were going to get Ezekiel's backstory when they first saw him come out. And getting ready for the day, they thought maybe it was going to be flashback to his backstory. And I was like, wait, okay, I'm not a comic reader, but didn't he already get his backstory? He told it to Carol. And granted, there could be more. They could fill in the gaps. There, there could be more Ezekiel backstory. But do you feel like you want or need any more Ezekiel backstory? Um, I guess thinking back to the question we talked about before about what was what's What's he gonna do? Yeah. Um. And how is he gonna change from after this experience? Mm-hmm. That that might inform that a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think I think I'm cre- I'm clear on the backstory. We could fill in some more details, mm-hmm. I guess, but the big ones are there already, mm-hmm. so I don't really need it. Like I feel like. Like, okay, so I know some things about him. I don't know those about Negan, for example. Like we were saying that we want to know more about Negan. We don't know what Negan did or what, you know, what kind of a person was he? Did he have family? Chris, we don't really know with Ezekiel if he had family. He didn't say he did. Uh He said he was a meek person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was a zookeeper, and we know he was involved in theater. Uh Mm-hmm. And that's all we really know. I mean, I'd I'd be interested, but 
you think, I mean, I don't know how long it's been since the zombie apocalypse started or how long it takes to grow hair like that. But it <laughs> yeah. seems like he would already have had to have had that kind of hairstyle or he couldn't grow it that way. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing too. Yeah, I guess my my feeling on on my own question there is that I don't feel like at this point I really need any more Ezekiel backstory. I feel like I know enough, and and that's not to to say I, you know, I'm not interested and excited about the character. He's he's one of my favorite characters. He's like in the top five for sure, and um, so I love the character. But I just don't I don't feel like I need more of that information right now. If other questions were to arise, like you said that some more information would, you know, would inform, then, then yeah, I, I, it could be interesting. But I, I think I'm like you, that there are a lot of other characters I am more anxious to get more backstory on. So um, I feel, I, for now, I feel like we have enough of that. But, mm-hmm. okay, that's, that was three questions each and uh, a lot of good thoughts. I told I told you guys that Melissa has a lot of good commentary, so I I did not tell a lie. She definitely does. You make me think of things that I I would not have thought of otherwise. But now, well, let me just yeah. I just wanted to put in kind of a plug, like yeah. So I I just feel like that any kind of anytime you interact with a podcaster or with any other fans, like you. I get so much more out of the show when I do that. Uh-huh. And it started really with Colony when I, I didn't have anyone that I could, nobody in my real life would watch it with me. And I wanted to talk about it, so I found your podcast. And then I started listening to podcasts about other shows that I like. And I don't listen to a podcast about every TV show. But my very favorite ones I do. And I feel like I think about the things more and I and I get a lot more out of the show when I do that so people that are listening have taken that first step of listening to the podcast but they can go and make comments and quest ask questions and stuff you know on the website or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and and because podcasting can be a very intimate kind of medium it's not the same as listening to a radio show really Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. The the audience is so much smaller that you can really get to know the 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 people that run the podcast and get to know the the fans that listen mm-hmm. a lot better and it can be much more of a collaborative kind of a thing where an interactive thing where people are talking so I would encourage people to interact and yeah post yeah. questions you can't <laughs> it's nothing there's no wrong answer. That's and the wrong. Everybody's got opinions. You got to have, you know, have an opinion. Tell us our, your opinion. Ask a question. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that kind of thing. I think it, we just need more people doing that. Well, I, I I thank you for for sharing that, and I I totally agree that it just makes it an even richer experience. Um, I, whether you interact with a podcast or with tweeting or both, or you know, there's so many different formats, but. I mean, guys, that's how I knew Melissa would be a fun co-host to fill in uh, because she had interacted, because we've gotten to know each other, and I knew that, you know, she loves talking about the show. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's different kinds of fans, but definitely if you're a fan and, and you're listening and you like to extend that conversation and keep going after the credits roll, then um, please join us on the on the ride because we probably – could talk about it forever. So we have, you know, some other jobs and things to do. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate that, Melissa. And I, I do agree with you wholeheartedly. So do you want to share your most explosive moment or should I go first? It's your, your, your uh, Well, I guess I'll go first. I have, like, three different ones in case you took mine. But I think the one that just totally the most, um, the thing that, just made me gasp was when Jerry just totally separated Gunther right in half, as he said, as, as the our guest um, people in the the improv, improv thing, right? Something oh, about yeah. it in half, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the wording exactly, but yeah, um, that um, the way they shot that, 
Yeah. The way where you didn't even know Jerry was coming, and then the way he screamed, and then how it was right in the foreground. Um, it was just an amazing way of shooting it. I never would have expected, or I don't can't even imagine having conceived of that that angle. Yeah. And it, yeah. I thought it was really. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was horribly gruesome, but it was also um, very fitting for the, the show. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And you wanted this guy, I mean, you just wanted him to not live. <laughs> you want him to go away. <laughs> yes. So I have to say, his glasses, those glasses, they, they kept distracting me because why would anyone wear glasses in the zombie apocalypse? He obviously got a hold of them from somewhere. They probably weren't his prescribed for him. They found him somewhere, and they helped him see better. But they... There was no hardly no lenses in them, yeah. and I've worn glasses since I was in fourth grade, and now my glasses are really thick because they get thicker every year almost. And, yeah, yeah. And and the bigger the lenses, the thicker the they are because they get thicker out, outside of the the edges, and so something that big should be enormous, like Coke bottle bottoms, you're and right, you're right, yeah. or you why even wear them. You don't you don't need that much square footage for thin lenses. I think that's what we're saying. <laughs> right. I mean, he he wouldn't have been able he if for the amount of correction those thin lenses did, they wouldn't help his vision that much in the zombie apocalypse that he really needed to wear them. He looked so ridiculous. Uh, I think it was just it must just have been a unique fashion choice. Um, well, it was just it was something that make that they they thought it would be funny for this character to wear them and and we would hate him more and it, and it worked yeah. but except I just kept saying yeah. those glasses aren't helping him see any better at all. He it just looks you too of um did you watch Lost? No, I didn't. I saw uh, a couple of but I didn't uh, really watch. Well, there was a character who was getting headaches and he liked to read and he's getting headaches because he really needed glasses and they're on this deserted island and so. All they could do was come up with like one lens from two different pairs of glasses that would work for what his eyes needed, and they were like you know patched together with glue, and they one was very ladylike, and it was just really a really funny image. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe that's that's all he could find, but I, I think that was probably a Gunther fashion choice to uh to, yeah to really get us going about his character. <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> Explosive moment, you know that that was mine for sure, and um, and that's okay. It's okay to agree. I think it just it just shows that that was definitely a a big uh, a big moment. So, it, and I think you mentioned too the scream, but seeing the split, um, and then just his his scream and his face shaking, and he was just so enraged and you know so desperate to help the king and. Uh, did you watch any of the behind-the-scenes videos on on AMC? Um, well, I watched some on my cable thing. I don't know if they. Okay. I don't. Well, I'm trying to remember uh, now if they were from this episode or last one. He shared that, like, doing that screen, he almost passed out, like, because he was. Oh, I did hear that. And the other thing yeah. was that Ezekiel had a rock in his shoe. Yes. Did you yes. hear him say that? Yeah, because Andrew. Lincoln so that because he did, he put a sharp rock in his shoe so that he yeah. would would it would hurt and he would limp, and he said it really hurt. Yeah, yeah, it was very effective. Um, yeah, that was that was that was kind of funny, but it was definitely very interesting that that he went that route. Um, but that yeah, that's uh, that's commitment to the role. So yeah, sometimes I try to come in. You know, if we have the same explosive moment, we can talk about some other ones. Um, you know, obviously losing Shiva like that was very, uh, it was emotional for me. And a lot of people kind of, you know, wanted to poke fingers, you know, like make jokes like, oh, it's just CGI, you know, it's not real. But my point is, if you read a book, it's very moving. You might tear up reading a book. I mean, it doesn't have to, it's the story. It's It's the emotional attachment in the story, not that we're actually, you know, seeing a tiger um, die. I mean, God, right. that would really be horrible. Um, we don't well, want to be real, people. <laughs> when you when you mourn a character that you see die, that's a person. They're not really dying. Their actor isn't dying. Yeah. 
So whether it's CGI or not, it's still a character. Yep. And yep, yep. Yeah. Thank you. That's right on. So that that was definitely a, a strong moment. But as far as when I think explosive, like boom, shock me. Um, yeah, that that Jerry, that one's going to go down in history. Him uh, splitting Gunther. Right. So, but I think really- too the tiger that that was. I mean, I was surprised at how fast. Um, the walkers, they just all, it it seems like there wasn't that as many of them as there were. Suddenly they were all around her and trying to kill her. Yeah. And she came in so fierce and grabbed one of them and threw him up on the bank just by, by yeah. with her mouth and her, you know, and then, and then the rest of them just sort of, it was like, I think you, it happened so fast. You brought this up, you know, before we talked tonight, and and I'd have to agree that she is so strong, and they seem so weak that even if there is a bunch of them, you know, I wanted, I felt like she could have had a better chance of getting away. Like you said, she flung one of them up the embankment or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, I know it only takes one bite, you know, and that can take you out. Although, although animals don't become zombies. They, Robert Kirkman has has said that in the in the Walker universe that animals don't turn. So would that would a bite have killed her if if they don't turn? But well, no, it's a bunch of bites just eventually biting enough of her that killed yeah, her. Yeah, right. But injured. But, but still seems like maybe she could have gotten away. Like she could have. Yeah. No, I thought so too. I looked yeah. it up. Tigers are the largest cats. They're bigger than lions. And a full-grown tiger weighs 800 pounds, an adult tiger. Maybe in the zombie apocalypse, he wouldn't quite weigh that much because maybe she's not fully nourished. I don't know. I don't know if she can eat walker flesh. That was one of... Another thing I don't know, like, would... would oh, yeah. Would ha- you know, would that be a source of food or could, was that contaminated? But, um... Right. You know, um... Just... The the walkers in this in that sewer area they looked like they were their flesh was rotting away because it was all wet you know that, that and and really if you think about you know like um, we've seen other examples of walkers where you know they grab a hold of part of it and it just the arm comes off or the leg comes off or something because you know the body is attached. The, the whole thing that holds your body together is, is ligaments and flesh. Otherwise, yeah. you're just individual bones. And and so they, when the flesh rots like that, it would seem like it would come apart. And more easily, she could have just, you know. And then it was like when we first saw all those sewer walkers, they looked really like they would just fall apart if you, you know, breathed on them funny. But... <laughs> then when she when they attacked her they looked stronger. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're, yeah, you know. Yeah, and and I don't know if that's just wishful thinking, but I think that's a lot of science there saying that maybe she could have gotten you know gotten away, but uh, definitely would have liked her to have gotten away. But yeah, that's an interesting question. All right, well. But she was um, saving her master. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, okay, she's not going to think on an intellectual level like humans, but say it was a human, and would they, at that point, would they have tried to get away, or if they really, would, if they were sacrificing themselves, they would have just kept the walkers distracted and let their loved one get away, you know? Oh, no, I don't think that she was thinking that, but she no, entered the fight to save him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she was sacrificing right. herself. She just thought I'm gonna I'm gonna attack and get these guys to stop, you know, because they're they're a threat to my master yeah. or whatever. So they'll leave him alone. Yeah, no, I I, I don't think she's on the, would be able to think that, in you know, um, like a human. But it, you can kind of make that correlation that she she whether she realized it, she didn't realize it, but that she was, you know, she did sacrifice. Uh, she became a sacrifice for for his his life. So right. Well, somewhere I read that Ezekiel was saved three times, and really, uh-huh. 
four times if you count the group of them piling on him so he didn't get shot by the big guns. And then he was saved from, who was it? Before Jerry came along, there was another one that that kept him from getting killed by walkers. And then, and then, um, and then Jerry saved him. And then, well, really, and, and Carol did. And then it was saved again by Shiva. So maybe we, I've counted wrong and it's even five times. Whatever. He was saved a lot of times. He sure was. And I feel like that's going to be his thing, that, that he's going to look back and realize that he's still here all of those times he needs to rise up to um, be worthy of the person that was saved that many times. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, ratings. Uh, I'll jump in first on this one. Uh, we have up to five sticks of dynamite to give the episode. I really like this episode. I thought it's been the best one of the season so far. And I, I, other, I've heard mixed reviews from a lot of other people, and that's okay. But for me, it's been the best one so far. And I'm going to give it 4.33 sticks of dynamite. What do you think? I, yeah, well, I definitely agree. I think that it's the best of the of the season so far. I don't know. I was thinking just four point five. I don't. I don't know where that. I don't know how to. How to divide these decimals any anymore? Well, and plus, when you when you make the explosions, how do you do a partial explosion anyway? So sometimes we sometimes we don't, and I and I do just try to cut it off, you know, either halfway, three quarter. You know, it's it's just a it's very uh, subjective. It is not a science right. formula, but uh, but yeah, cause, well, to me, she does crazy decimals, so hers can be can be really hard to try. Yes, to I remember last week was like about four digits after the decimal place. Yeah, yeah. She boy, she carries it out there. But yeah, right. I think with me this week, I was like, it's better than a four point two five, but I don't know whether I'm ready to commit to a four point five yet because I I feel like there's so much potential this season that I don't want to use you know my four point five yet if it's if it's not there. Yeah. So I just, Threw it in between. No, but I thought it was it was a very good episode. The the flashbacks on the other episodes got me all confused, and I just felt like I yeah. I'm watching this, but I don't understand, and I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm missing something somehow in this plan. Mm-hmm. This one, I was clear on. Like even when there was a flashback, I understood what it was there for. And at the point of it, and even when I was watching it, I knew it was a flashback, and I was like, oh, this is what, and it was, so, it, and I was very surprised by a lot of things, so that's a good episode, right, when you yeah, are surprised. Yeah, true, and I know that's a big one for Tamish as well. She loves to be surprised. That's important to her. So, yeah, it was, it was I definitely think it was strong. I'm glad we agree on that. It's pretty cool. So. All right, guys. Well, I think that's about it tonight, except, oh, I almost forgot the poll results. We did did finish the poll, and we had a winner at 53% of the vote. Do you want to guess, Melissa, or should I just give the answer? Well, I'm thinking it's the king because he has 50 before, right? (laughs) Or did we get a lot more votes? Well, we probably doubled our votes since that. Since that point at 50%. But yes, it was the king at 53%, followed by Rick, and then the widow um, was in last place. So, I mean, it's not a bad choice, really, among the three. But yeah, the king wins out. And this this was his episode, so I'm good with that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you can find us at SoManyShows.com. Uh, Melissa is a contributor for SoManyShows.com. Did you want to share any of the shows that you write about? Did you want to tell? Well, so far I just I wrote an article about 
sort of what's, what's happening with some of the filming of Colony Season 3. Okay. And I also wrote a couple of articles about the NBC show Blind Spot. Blind Spot, okay, cool. So if you follow me, those, watch for um, stuff you might see from Melissa. And uh, TNT Talk Podcast is stored under the So Many Shows podcast where you'll find TNT Talk as well as um, podcasts for This Is Us and a lot of other shows as well. So you get a good mixture of content. And you can find uh, those posts on somanyshows.com or directly on iTunes. We are on Twitter at so underscore many underscore shows. And if you want to send any feedback on Twitter uh, for the for the TNT Talk podcast, you can go directly to at TNT Talk podcast. And we'd love to hear from you and um, have some of that interaction that Melissa was talking about. So the last thing I have to say is a big thank you to Melissa for joining us. We'd love to have you again. You have great thoughts and you're a lot of fun to um, to talk about the show with. So thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It was great. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night.